Tyreek Hill has been traded from Kansas City to Miami. When Tyreek Hill left the roster, I put Kansas City third in the AFC West. They have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, and four sevens in this draft. That's a lot of picks. Brett's building this thing back uh, to where we feel comfortable so that we can go win on Sundays. Hello and welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast. So the, the Chiefs played an actual football game in actual pads with actual helmets at the weekend. Training camp finished today. It's Thursday the 18th of August. He says try to find a, yeah, he's right. a calendar. So um, we thought um, we should talk about that. Uh, to help me do that, I've got, um, I've got Neil. Hello. And I've got Tomo. Hello. Now... I've got two things to talk about before we get into it. First up, um, we don't have to go too far, just to reassure everyone, this is pre-season, but we don't have to go too far down the depth chart to confirm that we are rolling with the ones today. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I did come out of the Twitter feed at the end of the first quarter there on Sunday or Saturday, so um, I, I feel like I've cemented my place. Well, in exa- yeah, no, you're fine. You're, you're, on, you're on the roster. Tomo, I think, yeah. did enough to, to get himself there. Um Thank you. After, just... after three quarters of watching the second, third, and fourth team, I think yeah, that's... you deserve a roster spot. Yeah. I did no, take, I, just, I, I did spend about five minutes just I'll, digging I'll... Neil out though. Yeah. Oh well. What else are you going to do on Sunday? And I'll take a Dave. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a Dave Tobes team spot. That's fine. And um, there's no Owen tonight. He is out with. Uh, I believe I had to giggle this earlier. What is designated Fun. as a social life? Um, oh. He, he called it bandioki. Can anyone explain to you what the hell bandioki is? I take it it's karaoke, but with a band, yeah? That'll do. Yeah, that, that's the only yeah. explanation I could come up with. He has, he has threatened to, to dial in halfway through with a song for us, so hmm. if, if you get a burst of Mr. Brightside randomly, <laughs> uh, um, it's probably Owen. I wonder, what, what would your uh, song of choice be if you were doing bandioki, Duncan? I, do you know what? I I'm just going to go vanilla ice. I but there was a there was a time in my life there's a time in my life when I could do every single word to vanilla ice. But I'm not talking no studio album nonsense. I could do the live in Miami one with every ad lib as well. Now I don't know if I could get back to that. All right, but I, could, I could I could give you a decent I could give a decent run for vanilla ice. Wow. And you think you know people, eh? Okay. <laughs> Tomo, where, where are you heading with that? I can't beat that. No, I, I don't actually, think anything can beat uh, that. Um, I actually can't think what else bandioki could be, Neil. I've done karaoke twice and sang Glad You Came by The Wanted twice. So that's all I've got, I'm afraid. It's awful, okay. but it's it's a bit of me. So, what you, you know, that's all I've got. Uh, I've managed to avoid karaoke my entire life because I, I, if I wanted to listen to people sing badly, then I would like to switch the X Factor on or something. But um, if I was doing it, I'd probably go old school rock, something like uh, I don't know, Journey, Don't Stop Believing, or something like that. Kind of a, a classic wedding disco kind of song. So we had a bar at university before you go to the nightclub and it was like the bar that people would go to pre-drinking 
and uh-huh. if you so they do games in there for societies and that and if you did one of the games you basically got free entry into the club so essentially if you did karaoke free entry if you won a drinking game free entry just funny tasks so that's how I and the only reason that I did karaoke twice I'll buy that that's good worth it though was good yeah. if someone quid. could someone could just fill for me for just a second because I'm just googling who the wanted are <laughs> you um you won't have heard of them. You won't want to have heard of them. And, um, yeah, you can listen to that this evening. Uh, That's my task for the night. Anyway, and also, Tom, this, this is this is probably for, for you and me. Uh, but, Neil, you can hold on for just a second. Um, okay. So last week, I didn't make it. Um, you guys spoke with Frank Schwab about the AFC. And I, you and myself, Tom, were subject to what I can only describe as a vicious social media attack. <laughs> uh, when Neil posted the link and said finally nice to chat with someone who knows oh, what they're yeah. talking about yeah well I kind of took that I initially took that badly and then decided I was going to take it really well and include myself as one of the experts <laughs> so, oh, okay. oh, so oh. I actually decided to take it well in the end even oh, though I know it wasn't intended that way Neil <laughs> Okay, so, fa- so uh, I, I was only getting—I was only giving uh, myself half of the no- half of the blame there. So, but now you're telling me it's fully on me. Well, no, uh, I would like accept it's on me as well. But I just decided that as it was on social media, I was going to try and take some sort of credit for Frank's expertise. Uh, I was referring to the fact that I'm the one who knows nothing about the Chiefs. But if you if you want to take it personally, that's by all means. <laughs> okay, listeners. So what we've established so far is that. The three of us are old, boring, yes. can't yes. sing, yes, and don't know all that much about football. Yes. With it's that, podcast. With yeah. that, let's talk preseason. Yeah. Um. I guess the game's the natural place to start. I mean, um, training camp finished today as well, so we can kind of catch up on news and stuff as well. But um, I mean, I guess the the main event was uh, Saturday evenings. Um, pre-season game against the Bears uh, I mean I think we're all of the agreement the result doesn't matter worth a jot yeah no, the, the most important thing is that uh, they, they came out of the game sans injury yep um, past that I mean what, what, did, what did you guys make of it you guys got to watch it live I, I had family stuff on I couldn't watch it live um, I mean didn't miss much no <laughs> yeah that's fair I, I watched the first quarter live um, because it gave me a great excuse to switch the United game off Uh, shout out to Luke, well done Brentford bastards Um, but the first quarter was grand, like Mahomes I I did tweet when Mahomes came out of the game and Henny came in, right you can all breathe now Uh, we're all good Um, and then I I listened to the rest uh, through the Chiefs app um, although I had to download a VPN from my phone and tell it I was in West Virginia but hey ho the things you do um, and the rest of the game was non-event I may as well have not bothered to be honest um, yeah we lost doesn't matter they were healthy firsts look good That that's pretty much what you can take from it yeah I'd agree there was pretty much it, you almost took more from what didn't happen I think the mm-hmm. fact that the first were in such a short period of time 
the fact that you know people that weren't playing so to speak so like Pacheco came out really early in the game which says a lot I think you know Clyde got two carries Pacheco got two carries and they both whipped out of the game I know they had a few of the passing and catching but and then it was basically split between Ronald Jones and Derek Gore who had a nightmare themselves but like you said Neil first on offence looked good first on defence looked good and then it was a lot of players that, if I'm totally honest, I don't know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just asking you there before we started recording if anyone knew who, and I have to look him up again, Tayon Fleet Davis was. I can, I can actually compete with you. Do you know who Jordan Franks is? Yeah, tight end, back up tight end. See, I didn't know that, but he had two catches for 12 yards as well. So, good for him. Yep, yay him. I think he's like fourth or fifth tight end, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't. This is the, like it's good to watch football properly, pro, in inverted commas, now. But you can kind of, like you say, watch it with your phone in your hand, beer in your hand, through kind of half an eye, because you don't really need to learn that many of those names that are in for a majority of the game. I think the I don't know what other teams are doing, but the Chiefs are in a. I don't know, it's probably not where I thought they'd expect them to be given the turnover of kind of starting players. But there's not that many roster spots up for grabs, I wouldn't have said. It looks like all the rookies are going to make the team. Yeah. Like all, all the draft picks. That I mean, we had a lot of draft picks in the first place, so... There's a lot of people missing out. There's a substantial there. proportion of the roster there is likely mm. to be rookies. It's interesting, like, the, the, the Chiefs, I feel uh, like Juju didn't have a catch, and then I know he's got a niggly injury, but he's apparently not playing this weekend. I just think, I think they're just, I think they've seen enough with someone like Juju. They probably know he's, he's going to be fine. He's, he's done this before, he's going to be fine. We don't need to see him. Like, I think the Chiefs will be quite happy keeping a lot of the stuff they've got under wraps. Like, Pacheco, I mean... I don't think anyone's going to expect anything from him, but everything we're hearing is amazing. So he could play a big part on on week one. Now you don't want to, you don't want him to pop a ninety yard run in a preseason game, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals have got an eye on him. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. I think no one knows what this Chiefs yeah. team's going to be like this yeah. this year, and I think they're very wise to just keep everything under wraps. Yeah. And I think you've got like Mahomes and Kelsey that connection where. They kind of they, they know what they're going to do before he does it, you know the little yeah. nods and winks that they give each other. You know that's natural. Mahomes and Hardman will have something similar as well. You know it's been three three years that they've been together, and I'm sure for for the other guys like Juju, um, MVS, you know the, these veterans are just like just run the route. If you run the route and get to the right place at the right time, the ball will be there. Right, you don't have to like that kind of chemistry if you like. Um, it's, it's almost less important in the early days because these, these these veterans don't know exactly what they're doing. Just run the route, get to the right bit, catch the ball. You can kind of work on some of the sexier stuff as it, as it goes. But yeah, like you say, you don't. There's nothing to prove there. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything to be gained by by overplaying. You know the the big names overplaying your hand. Yeah, to 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 the to the teams you're playing in the first half of the season. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just wondering about Pacheco and Edwards Hilaire. 
and how that split is going to go. Because I know, Dunk, you often say that like once you get to game time, it shouldn't matter where you're drafted. I wonder how much that's going to play into playing time of does Edward Saleh get the majority of the carries or is Pacheco just going to take that away from him and say, I don't give a shit, you're a first-round pick and I'm a seventh. I'm better than you. Like uh, I, I reckon both, right? Pacheco has been the kind of camp standout you know, from the, the coverage that, that, that we see. Um, and he, just, he talks really well as well. You know, when you hear him speak, you go, yeah, yeah, I quite like it. There's a bit of an old head on young shoulders there. And those shoulders are fucking big. He's, a, <laughs> he's wide. He's going, to take, he's going to take some stopping when he gets ahead of steam. Yeah. Um, I, I would be amazed if in the first four, five, six games, up to the bye even, if Clyde Eversler is not, not the first choice, not the bell cow when he's fit. He's certainly going to start week one as the main carrier. And it could... Past that, I think it could be situational. You know, if they've got a little something dialed up for for Pacheco, or Jones, or or McKinnon, or Gore, or whoever whoever it is, you know, that exploits something against a specific weakness that the team has. You know, a, a guy out there is not good in coverage or can't tackle. You know, that sort of thing. Then maybe they'll um, then maybe they'll pull those packages out. But um, I, I think I think Clyde starts as your number one. It's his it's his jersey to lose. Not that that. And it, has any bearing on, on where he's drafted because you're right I think that once once you're, once you're playing and your hands are on the ball it doesn't matter where you're drafted right? You, the, the expectations on a, on a snap by snap and play by play basis are exactly the same you're expected to do the things that are in the playbook and do them well yeah, you can either do it or you can't but I also I also don't th- I mean Andy Reid's not going to be I just, I just don't think that Reid and Veach are going to like they're not going to they're not going to fall on their own sword just because they happen to burn a first on Clyde, you know? Mm. If if you get happy through the season and Pacheco's the hot hand, then you're going to... They're going to play him. Give him the ball. Yeah. And I think the same goes for like, so the receivers. If um, if you get happy through the season and... Um, I was looking this up and I can't... This is an aside. I can't believe the Chiefs have done this. Just as we got through the D. Williams era, we now have the J. Watson era... <laughs> <laughs> at least at least they don't play even on the same side of the ball but I am still going to get them mixed up right Justin Watson is the receiver right yes correct. yes um, like so he's come in as a he's coming totally under the radar um, you know with with kind of Juju MVS Sky Moore getting Justin Ross getting all the kind of pop um and then you had, I think it was Pete Schrager on like G on Good Morning Football, big and watching up. I think he's been around a couple of other teams and maybe just not landed or injuries or whatever. But if, he was if, with if the books wasn't he? Yeah. Just, yeah. just never. Yeah, it's just it's obviously just never worked out for him. Whether he's never been fit enough or healthy enough, you know, to get proper pre seasons or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, but I reckon if it comes halfway through the season, he he's he's the man and head us, you know, and Sky Mirrors to take a step back. I don't I don't think that. You know, I, I just don't think that Andy Reid or, or, or Veach or, or Bienemy are going to be too too proud to get in their own way and say, right, he's the man. I'd be surprised if it got to that. If I'm telling you, I'd be surprised if it got to that point where he got meaningful snaps on offense. But I agree with the Pacheco one. I think with his running backs, he does just ride the hot hand. Like 
if, if Clive can only manage six yard games as his like maximum and Pacheco rips off a 15 20 yarder I think he'll just ride Pacheco for until he needs a break I, I, I think they've done that for a few years now where they kind of just just yeah just literally just ride the guy until it's run its course but I don't I'm not so sure about receiver I think they've got enough kind of receivers that they'll they'll stick with Juju and MVS and then you've got Hardman and Skymore. I think it's a long way for him to get on the field if I'm totally honest but who's to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire's longest run last season was 17 yards <laughs> I think he's been really I, I, I know we were out on him pretty early which we tend yeah, to about six games like, in I think <laughs> we tend to be I mean I was out on Nicole really quick as well and it sounds really negative but he's I don't want to get into this debate with Duncan because I know he'll start you'll you'll be talking I don't want to talk about the first round pick element in general he's been really disappointing for what I hoped that he'd offer the team not even for where he was picked for a pass catching running back I I don't even know if it's his fault but or whether they just don't trust him he's just been really disappointing in general it's just sad isn't it really Mm -hmm. yeah like he's I wouldn't say he was a bust, but he's certainly not been. Um, he's not been wearing anyone no, <laughs> no. that way. I, just, I think that that the, fir- the first round thing's gonna gonna hang around his neck forever, and that's that's not really his fault. Yeah. But it's a, it's a thing, regardless. Um, I I don't I, I don't personally I don't care where he's drafted. I just want mm. to if he's playing for us, I just want to do well, right? That's kind of I don't I don't yeah. care if he's a first round. Sixth, seventh, you know, I, don't, I just don't care. Um, but I think that I, I don't think that we've had or seen the player that we were kind of sold, if that makes sense. No, I yes. agree. Um, and that, that's disappointing because I think that the, the the guy that we were sold could be really, really exciting. You know, he could be really spectacular, especially with someone like Andy Reid. And I don't like, like I say, I don't, I don't know. Wow. The reasons for that, whether it's whether it's injuries, because he's probably I mean, he's a running back, right? he's going to get hurt. But you know, whether it's injuries, have just kind of held him back. He obviously came in in the weird COVID year, so he never, he's never, he's never really had a normal inverted commas kind of build up to a season yet. Um, maybe it's the basics. Maybe he just can't get the basics of so. Top level football, and I, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I'm still willing to give him give him a go. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know what changes. I, I I don't see what he's suddenly going to become good at that we haven't seen in the last two years. That's the only thing. And I'm not saying he's not a not a capable running back. I'm sure he'll be useful to the team. I just I'm not sure. I think you have to reset your expectations of yeah. what he can be for yeah. us. I don't think he can be that that guy that's that's gonna I don't know change a game or win a game for us. Can he get us some hard yards? Yes, but I don't. I don't. Can he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, if you, but I think if he can. You... I, he does break a tackle here and there and get an extra couple of yards, but it's usually one yard to three yards rather yeah. than ten to fifteen. And I think the, the problem with a guy like him is um, he's probably not. Really got the game to be a like a number two, if you know what I mean. Like he doesn't, 
he doesn't offer anything different. You want your number two just to be the guy that's going to just bulldoze over the over the goal the line when he has to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, whereas if you think if, if genuinely someone like him is your is your backup running back and you've got I don't know like Nick Chubb or something as your number one, all of a sudden that sounds quite exciting. Mm. Whether that's the route we'll ever go down, as long as we've got someone like Patrick Mahomes. I, d- I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. The thing that's disappointing for me is we've seen what the offence can look like with Mahomes being so threatening and having an electric running back. And for multiple reasons, he's not here anymore. But I, I, I do hope that eventually they find that. And hopefully they have found that, that guy in Pacheco. But, it's, again, it's a lot to ask for a, a seventh-round rookie. And hopefully he is that guy. But I just hope they can find that, especially with Hill gone now so that we can become this more balanced offence, so that it's electric in the passing game, but we could also be electric in the running game. Um, and that would make us really, really scary to play against, whereas teams last year were like, yeah, go on, try and beat us by running. Dare you? Well, last year they were dropping back eight into coverage and saying, you're not going to pass over the top of us. And we still couldn't run at that. Like we, well, They had, exactly, nobody, yeah, but, yeah, they had well, exactly. nobody in the box, and we still couldn't run. And you kind yeah. of go, well, lads... Like if they're dropping all these guys into coverage, you've got to make them pay on the ground, and we just never did that. And and the offensive line's no excuse anymore because they're good. Nope. Yeah, they're, they're really good, yeah. good and uh, that's the other thing as well. You're almost wasting that offensive line, like 50% of the mm. time, if you're running, because if the running back's not hitting the right hole or not making the most of the push that we're getting, then that's pointless as well. So hopefully they hopefully they've fixed it and they've find a way to to utilise that yeah. strength that we have because it's one of our biggest strengths I mean my, my hope is that and I'm, I'm not going to get one of these I'm, I'm not going to be revisionist and say that oh it's a good thing that Tyreek Hill left you know we'll be better without him all that sort of nonsense um, but what I'm hoping is that him leaving allows the coaching staff to almost hit a reset button and just start from scratch again mm and redraw the whole playbook and their whole sort of approach to to how they go about it and maybe that will allow the running game to be you know to, to be more of a kind of frontline weapon rather than I think it's I think I think just running game is almost predictable yeah and in, in, in some ways over the last few years and yeah you know it didn't really bar what one game against the, the Bills at their place in some fairly bizarre weather yeah mm. You know, it's, I can't think of one game where we've really dominated that way. Yeah. I also think we were really... I, I, it looked, I know the Chiefs have played backyard football for a few years with Mahomes, but last year looked really unscripted. Like It never felt like a play was... A play went well. It always looked like Mahomes made a play out of a broken down play. I can't remember very many plays where it's like, this is how we want to execute and they execute it was more uh oh he's not there uh uh someone run a secondary route and try and get open um so i'm hoping that we we get more of those executed plays because if you can execute a play the correct way i'd imagine andy's got receivers in positions to then block downfield as well so hopefully we can see some more of andy's creativity and because last year, to me, it just 
I said to you guys multiple times, it just don't. It doesn't look coherent at all. Makes you wonder who was calling plays. It does, and it makes you wonder why a certain person hasn't got a head coaching job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll flip the ball on that and speak about the the, the defense maybe, and I think that as much as the the offense is new, look, I think the the kind of D is pretty new look as well. Um, we had Karlaftis got a sack. Um, yep. I think probably mission accomplished from, from game one for him. He yes. looked awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, he's by, by all accounts, he's he's not... He's not going to be a total game wrecker. You know, he kind of gets his sacks through effort and application... You know, and that, that's that's fine by me. To be fair, you know, someone who's just going to go and go and go and go, play every snap. You know, um, I heard never going to be fun. Like a, a Temba Harley comparison the other day, hmm. and I was like, yeah, that that's all right. Like I could live with that if he's, <laughs> he's Temba Harley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be fine. Yeah, and he's he's another one that as as much as it was good to see him play. Uh, a real game. He has. He just seems to have sort of taken to life as a as a as a pro footballer really well too. Mm -hmm. You know, over the last few weeks in the camp and seeing him speak and everything, he like he he says the right things at the right time. Um, he seems like a good dude. You know, I think I think we're I think pretty happy with him. Him on board. He feels like a really high floor player. Yeah. As in, like I can't yeah. see him being terrible. Like he might not be. Uh, 15 sack a season guy but I also don't think he's going to be a no sack a season no. guy he's going to be consistently I'd imagine at a guess 6-7 sacks a season hopefully think, yeah, more that's, that's exactly uh, and that's his flaw I mean we, we can we can speak about Frank Clark and the, this kind of new like Frank Clark but I think that in the last couple of years when Frank Clark, when Frank Clark has been good he's been he's been he's been really good perfectly good but the point is, when he's not been good, he's kind of been nowhere. Mm. Yeah. And in some ways, there's almost no point in having a a nine out of ten or a two out of ten player. Quite happy to have a seven out of ten every week. I think I think that's that's kind of the the bedrock on what on what a kind of successful defense is based on. This is making me think football manager here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is what you want. You you want your regular seven out of ten guys. You know you you, you don't want. You want consistency. You d you want to know what you're going to get from yeah. the guys. You don't want someone who's a superstar one yeah. week and a spud the next. And the funniest thing is, as a Chiefs fan, <laughs> and thinking of the defensive side of the ball, average is a major improvement over what we've watched the last few years. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd take a 15th-ranked defense, surely, yeah. every day. Yeah. And I think... Like, Gives yeah. a massive chance to win. My only, my only caveat or concern on that is that, and this has even come from the coaches and the and the players this year, and it probably rings true, you know, even more given you know the the number of new names we've got. They're a kind of self-identifying slow-starting defense, mm -hmm. and that um, to get to average, that means we're going to have to be really bloody good in the second half of the season which which we totally were last year you know we're talking top 10 and you know and certainly points allowed and whatever other metric you want to use down the stretch last year but it doesn't give you that much wiggle room and especially with the start the Chiefs have got 
there's just, there's, a, there's a lot of good teams that score a lot of points early doors, so um, they maybe don't quite have the luxury of, of, of starting slow this year. Well, I, I said last week um, we need to get to the bye week with a winning record. So bye week's week eight, so we've got seven games beforehand. Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Bucks, Raiders, Bills, 49ers. We need to be at least four and three out of that lot. Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. It's, it's supposed to be, like, by all accounts, quite a complicated defence to get to know, so that is a slight concern, but, I mean, I guess you find out. I, think, I, I just hope we're slightly slightly more... have can force more turnovers because yeah. I feel like they're quicker this year like I said to Neil last week I know Neil's got concerns but for me I'm actually quite excited for the defence because I see I see the route to progression for that defence I can see how the DBs are going to grow I can see how the defensive line is better than last year I can see how Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are going to look better in year two so I can see a like I, I get what you mean and that's why I agree with Neil that if you can get to that bye week with a winning record it sets you up for the second half of the season where they've all settled into it and they all you'd like to think by that point would know what they're doing yeah I, I wonder like with all the rookies on the D if Spags has made it slightly less complicated because like they always talk about your playing speed and if you're thinking and reacting then you're you're not playing like to your full standard, so you know players play better when they don't have to think about it. They just do it, and I wonder how much he's had to pay back because y- you're looking at probably you're gonna say three rookies starting probably. Um, Kalaftis, Kalaftis, uh, McDuffie, McDuffie, Cook. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Perhaps the, the other the other Watson. Yeah, potentially. Um, Joshua Williams, if Williams is available. potential. Yeah. So you, you could yeah. possibly have four or five rookies yeah. in there. Like I mean, you can't you can't have a complicated D with four or five rookies, yeah. and you'll get torched. But I think what they <laughs> what what they do have though is they, they've they've identified a they've identified a model of what they want, right? Faster, yeah. harder. You know, harder hitting. You know, physical guys that that can that can. I guess just just play hard and get into the trenches. So, in that regard, like they know what they want to do, and I guess that um, kind of Spags' tendencies, if in doubt, blitz. Mm-hmm. And the guys that they the guys that they've got look like made for that. We already know that Snead is awesome at, at that. Um, yeah, Reed can hit. Cook can hit. You know these these. Um, they look like they've got the makings of a really sort of physical set of, of, of DBs. They could, they I think late, late in the season, I think defence could be really good. And, and to be honest, that's when you want them to be really good as well. You just you still need to be in the playoff picture at that yeah, stage. Yeah, you could be in the mud by that point if it's not gone well early. Yeah, absolutely. If you go 3-4, and 2-5 and five before the bye week, and then you've got the Chargers away, the Rams at home, the Bengals away as a three-game stretch, then Denver away as a four-game stretch. Like, that's a tough run of four games there. Mm. Um, that's when you want your D playing well. 
but yes. you you can't be out of the playoff picture by that stage. No. It's going to be a very interesting year because you don't know what you're going to see on offense. You don't know what you're going to see on defense. So, I do yeah. feel like this was inevitable at some point. This kind of shake up, but it's just come at a time where everyone else seems to have strengthened, and I think. I think I think most Chiefs fans would actually think we have strengthened as well, like the the quality of the team. But depth. I think yeah, more depth. I think from an outside perspective, I think if you asked a general NFL fan, they'd think that we've got worse. <laughs> well, they'd just see the Tyree Kill go and yeah, go, exactly. Oh, well, that's your best exactly receiver. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what, what they've done is they've they've removed that kind of highlight play from you know with with Tyree Kill. They've removed that, that you know that really flashy. Element and and Tyra Matthew probably on the, on the defense, right? That kind of that, that really flashy spike in the in the play, but they've raised the floor as well. Like we've, yeah. you know, our our worst player now, and I don't like to use that word, but our worst player now is is a lot better than it was. Yeah. Like you're looking at the at the, at the receivers, you've got you know, there's Demarcus Robinson, right? God love him. It's just been cut by the Raiders, right? And he was like our. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he got, oh, he got cut by the Raiders. Yeah. Oh, he'll end up back at the Chiefs. Watch. Hey, listen, I, I think it's, there's not even a spot for him anyway. There's not. I mean, any injury, any serious injury. If, if I tell you what, if Hardman goes down, I would call him. Just, just to bring in someone that knows the someone that knows the offense. I'd really call him and say, do you know any other wide receivers <laughs> that are available? Well, <laughs> That's about the only call I'd be making. Here's, I guess, I guess my point is that he it's was like Scotland, what right? WR. Four, three, four last year. Mm. Yeah, four, I would say. You know, and he's not making. A team. I, I mean, my assumption is that the Raiders are kind of doing him a solid and giving him a chance to land somewhere else, which I'm, yes. I'm pretty sure he will. But I think that I just that just shows we, we've raised the floor in that regard. So, like our, you know, our, our average, I think, is our, our average. Like our, yeah, our, our average wide receiver is probably higher rated now than it was last year. Mm. Even if we don't have that, you know that sort of superstar element in in, in Tyreek Hill, and I, I don't know what's better, having a lot of eggs in one basket. Yeah. Or no, g- give me the higher floor. So uh, definitely. In the preseason game in Mahomes' drive, he actually converted a third down to MVS, and it was like MVS's second move. So it was his initial route. Mahomes had kind of moved a little bit in the pocket, gone to the right-hand side. Neil, you probably saw the play, I'd imagine, yeah. and watched it. And he completed a pass to MVS. And at the time, I just thought Demarcus Robinson wouldn't have done that. <laughs> He'd have got nine yards. Do you know what I mean? Like, an and MVS caught a relatively difficult catch, and his frame enabled him to catch the ball, keep the ball away from the DB, and convert the third down. And I remember thinking, it's like, that could be, that that's the sort of player would be really, really useful in the season at some point. Like him making a second move that wasn't his initial move, having intelligence, being on the same page as Mahomes. Mahomes hits him and he gets the third down. That's what we hoped Josh Gordon was going to be last year for us. I don't think anyone expected him to have a major, major impact. We just hoped he'd convert a few a few big plays for us or a few third down and four or something. And I think MVS is... He's what wide receiver? I imagine two slash three, depending on how you want to stack them up. But that's a lot better wide receiver two slash three than what we were looking at. 
Absolutely, and I think that t- to me, the fact that he's come from the Packers, he's been catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. Like he, he understands what the best of the best how they work. Yeah, it's not someone coming from, you know, catching passes from. Drew, you know, he's got. Anyway, he's got no. He's got no idea of what you know. What a really, really elite quarterback wants from his receivers. Because I mean, Mahomes is kind of very amiable. You know, he's always got a smile. But you know, I'm I'm sure that he demands a a hell of a lot from the guys he's throwing his throwing the ball to. I'm sure. I'm sure he. I'm sure he's got really high standards for them and I, I, I think we said this before when we were kind of doing the signings in the spring like I, I don't think it's by mistake that we're getting guys from teams like the Steelers and um, and the Packers on offence anyway I'm pretty sure that's by design I'm so much more comfortable with the way the Chiefs are and I say behaving because they ain't being like naughty children but they're their attitude towards the season this year. Last year, I remember saying to you guys that I, I didn't like it. it they, they were talking so much waffle before the season. <laughs> they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And it, it just, it screamed like the big I am a little bit. And then they got put in their place. And they didn't know how to handle it either when, it, when, when they got the criticism coming back their way. Whereas this season, they look focused and they look, they look controlled and they... they or at least that's what it looks like from the outset to me, and I'm a lot more comfortable in the fact that they're they look like they look concentrated this year, whereas last year it just seemed a hell of a lot of noise. I, I think they possibly humble realised they're not out and out the best team in the AFC now, mm. like as as much as I, I don't particularly like saying that, but to to me we've probably got the third best roster. Um, and I, I wonder whether they've seen the improvements other teams have made mm. and gone yeah we, we need to up our game another level now and yeah. that's where that focus is coming from yeah there's a lot of talk from players that I even like like Tyron Matthew was tiresome by the end of last season <laughs> and like I'm kind of in in the nicest way possible and appreciate everything he did for the Chiefs love the guy going back but I'm glad he's gone if I'm totally honest it's just I, I, just the, the national kind of storylines about him and him throwing his arms up and there, you know when there's blowing touchdowns and stuff and I'm like yeah it's not ideal but he's not like the be all end all was right every single time either and it's just I think I, I like that they've kind of had a bit of a clean slate there yeah no I mean I, I I'm with that. I, I love the guy, and I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't like a lot of the reaction when he left. Like there's 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 a certain nickname that's used about him, which I think is offensive to a lot of people. Half half the population in the world, I think, is offensive to. But um, uh, I think the fact that like there's times the game finishes, and 20 minutes later, you can see him quote tweeting people that haven't even like. I haven't even added him into things. He's gone. He's come off, and the first thing he's done after getting beat is search his name on Twitter. Mm. Yeah. We don't need that. We don't need that. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. A player like him, you can't. 
you can't have the good bits without having the bad isn't the right word but you know you can't have the a without the b mm. you know so if, if you want him then you take his passion in all aspects of his life and that's fine um i hope he does well he's in new orleans right i hope he does well that's, yeah. basically, that's basically home for him again i hope he does really well there i've um I, I really like him but no i think you're right i think that we kind of um we kind of don't want that you've seen mm. this similar with tyreek hill Right, and I, I, I've not, and I will not listen to a second of his podcast. No, I don't, I don't give a not shit. What, I don't give a shit what he says. Right, it's all going to be clickbait. It's all whatever. Right, but he's clearly been itching to be that kind of figure, and for I'm sure pretty obvious reasons, the Chiefs were like, no, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't, I don't like the phrase "stick to football," but I'm pretty sure they're like that to him. You just stick to football. And we'll handle the rest. But he obviously yeah. wants to be out there front and centre, have a media presence and a profile and all that sort of stuff. And fair play to him if he wants that. I don't think you see the Chiefs players doing all that. Not the ones we've got now. These guys yeah. are all dialed in, I think, on what they need to be. You know, kind of on and off the off the field. Um no, I'm with you. Um there's a lot of words to say, I agree. <laughs> it's it's weird though, it's like just going back to what you're saying about Tyron Matthew and and it's a new generation of players and stuff, but I was watching the Arsenal All or Nothing the other day, and there's one part of it, and I'm like halfway through, and I think, I forgive me for not knowing all the Arsenal players' names, I think it's Gabriel who plays centre-back, gets sent off, and they film him go down the tunnel into the changing rooms, and the first thing he did was pick his phone up, and I'm like, you've just been sent off for Arsenal against, I think he's playing Liverpool, and I'm like, and the first thing you've done is look at your phone. Fir- and the kit man comes in and he's like, the game's on in the other room. And he kind of like, he's like, oh shit, I shouldn't be on my phone. And you're like, that's what I imagine the Chiefs are like when they get back into the locker room last year. That Tyron Matthews has been like, oh yeah, someone's slagging me off because our defence gave away a touchdown again. And it's like, instead of, I don't know. It's just, that it just kind of got to me a little bit. I was just thinking... When I saw it, I was like, that's exactly how I imagine someone like Tyron Matthew was. Just The first six or seven games man. last year, though, was the awful. defense was really poor. It wasn't um, really poor. It was absolutely disgraceful at times. Like It didn't but, look like yeah, they but, knew what they were doing. But it's, it's easy for us to, to look back now. Or no, I think every Chiefs fan should look back now and say the coverage that the Chiefs were getting in the first half of last season was true. A lot of people yeah. got really shirty about the stuff that was said in the national media, you know, certain people, you know, picking the Chiefs out, but very, very little of it was not true. We were not yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're a good team and you're a together team, I feel like you go, you know what, fuck them, we'll show you. And they didn't do that. They just kind of... just kind of got worse <laughs> and then admittedly they turned it round and something must have happened because Malvin Ingram signed and all of a sudden they decided they were good which was very strange that they went from being absolutely awful to actually getting it right but it, it was it was just very strange wasn't it there were, there were very few complete performances last year though weren't there there were either the offense played well or the defense played well yeah, but there weren't many. The Raiders game at home, where we dicked them forty odd to next to nothing. The one I was at, um, 
that's the only one I can think of where you could say, right, yeah. you know, we contributed in all phases really well. But, but apart from that, I, I'd struggle to name a game where you thought, you know, offense and defense and special teams were good today. Yeah. Someone well, had a stinker at some stage. But you'd just like to think that you've got rid of the Dan Sorensons of the roster that were, you know, <laughs> you have raised the floor majorly. And mm. I'm sure there'll be a few teething errors with and with having such a young defence. But I feel like you can accept that if they're learning from them. Yeah. But it wasn't acceptable for Dan Sorensen and people like that to be making those mistakes at that stage of his career. Stop saying his name. He's gone now, it's fine. <laughs> it's gone, he's gone, it's fine. He's it's actually it's Saints, I he, feel sorry he's for He's actually Sorensen and Honeybad. He's followed his best mate to New Orleans, hasn't yeah. he? Uh, I just, oh, I love Dan. I came so close to getting a Dan Sorensen jersey last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I still, like, listen, God love him. I, I, I don't doubt that he put his pan in every time for the for the Chiefs I don't think he wasn't trying but I'm I'm, I'm really glad I didn't get his jersey <laughs> <laughs> was that very... after the was that after the Texans playoff game where he changed the game and that no, one I, was, yeah, that, I just, was that I just, an influencing factor I, not just I just really like I mean there was the Bengals one as well just he like, he was just like he was he was just in the right place at the right time so many Sometimes. so many times when we needed him to be and then last season he was never in the right place at the right <laughs> time player does um, job good well exactly yeah, exactly, yeah. but that's good I, did, um, I read some quotes today or yesterday I think it was from the Bengals and it was basically Burrow saying that during the, the playoff game they were they were just watching him and him and Jamar Chase just like just hit the line because Sorensen's not standing where he's meant to be, and they could they could tell that. I mean, the flip yeah. side is if they can tell that, we should be able to tell that, and Spad should be able to tell that, and stop and it, tell, and tell him where to stand. But I think something happened with one four nil though last season because he just disappeared for quite a while, and Sorensen should have been playing, and four nil should, and then something obviously. It, gone on there whether it was an injury or what something definitely happened because I think we could all see it I think if everybody can see it they must see it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're absolutely. not blind so I think that Sorensen's I mean I'm I read something this this year people looking at sports and I was like you need to stop focusing on what someone can't do and what they can do and I think that that was what we were able to do with Dan Sorensen for so long was focus on the things that we were he was able to do stick his head in in a horrible place and hit someone really hard you know or pick off Tom Brady at the right point and then you know in the end zone to end the game these sorts of things but like you say last season he was put in he was put in positions to do things that he wasn't able to do and part of it was his fault part of it wasn't but we weren't kind of able to to hide that so much anymore Good teams don't do that, do they? They they don't put players in positions where um, where they can't do things. You know, you just don't do that. No, and I guess for, I mean before we get into looking forward with us for a while now. Um, I guess at the moment we don't know what our DBs are going to be able to do and what they can't do, and that to me yeah. is the risk on on D at the moment that we've got young guys. I mean, our oldest defensive backs now. Fenton, I think. 
Um, yes. You know, and he's not very old. Um, was Fenton so, there before Sneed? Yeah. He was? Yes, yes. Because Fenton, I think he came in the Super Bowl season and then didn't play very much. Um, anyway, I think that, that would be my risk at the moment. Um, that Not that we don't have a pass rush, more that our defensive backs are very young. The fa- and yeah. the fact that we've released guys like Hughes, Baker, um, Lonnie Johnson, these sorts of guys, suggest that what what the coaches are seeing day-to-day in camp and in practice, they're very happy with. So we should be happy with that. But that, for me, would be the, would be the risk. Yeah, like my, my worry with the, the backfield there is that like we'll be fast, but we'll be fast chasing blown coverages. Hmm. And I, I'm not sure if that's... That's probably better than what it was last year. In that we were slow chasing blown coverages last year, um, and like we said, ho- the, ho- yeah, go ho- on. Ho- hopefully that fixes itself over the course of yes, the season. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, Th- there's a clear upside that you can see that these players, because they're so young and so new, they will get better. Whereas you wouldn't have said that last year about like Honey Badger wasn't going to get any better, Sorensen wasn't going to get better. Whereas you bring in Reed's young enough, Cook is a rookie. Like, th- there's room for improvement there. Um, and you can kind of see a path to being a better defence. Last year, you, you couldn't see a path to being a better defence. It just was what it was, and you hoped it went well on the day. Indeed. Right, we've been at this 50 minutes. Let's look forward. Um, we've got another pre-season game um, to look forward to. Uh, Saturday, 9 o'clock our time which I guess is three o'clock Arrowhead yeah, time three, three afternoon yeah three uh, afternoon we said this yeah. before num- time numbers hard um, yeah. against the, uh, Washington the Washington Commanders team yeah they have botched that rebrand for me yeah um, there was nothing wrong with Washington football team uh, I thought they'd nailed that uh, nailed the brand they nailed everything but anyway the Washington Commanders um, first question are you going to watch it well, we're away camping this weekend, so I definitely won't watch it. Now, I might be able to listen to it, um, depending on whether I can get the kids to bed in good time. <laughs> and we're going with two other families, so whether or not I have to do like social duties and sit and chat, or whether I can just feck off into the car and listen to it on the radio, um, we'll see. So I, I'm a, I'm a game time decision on, on that one I think well you can uh, slide Owen's DMs for tips on our social life and how to yeah, interact yeah, with I'd... actual other real life people it, it's been a while <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if I'll watch it um, uh, I'm up in Edinburgh at the moment well no I'm up in Edinburgh at the moment the Edinburgh Festival is on uh, for anyone who's never um, experienced the Edinburgh Festival uh, when you're young and can stay out past midnight it's great when you're old and have a job <laughs> and a commute and, and a young child uh, just every single person in the world is in Edinburgh at the moment yeah. um, and I don't want to be one of these like old guys that complains too much but I got a bus home from what? work the day and I don't, I don't do that very often I normally walk home from work I got a bus home from work and within like two stops I instantly regretted it I was I'm never doing that again it was just 
horrific. So for the month of August, Edinburgh is both the best and worst place in the entire world. Um, but we're having a day out at the festival with with Margot. We're going to um, we're going to a show. Uh, she's not going to listen, so I can tell you, dragons and monsters. I think it's called some kids' puppety kind of show. So um, I can't imagine we'll be out past nine o'clock at night, but. I may have been overloaded and will need an early night. So <laughs> um, we'll see. I might watch live. Um, I think I read somewhere that some of the starters are going to play some of the game. They'd play a quarter this time, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. We'll see. I mean, again, I, I, I don't think there's much that anyone can do to play themselves into a no. Play themselves into a roster spot. Um, Maybe some fritter around the edges. I, I I don't know. I guess you're just looking to knock some rust off and make yeah, sure that you come. Uh, make sure everybody comes out healthy, really. Yeah, it's just, you know, I, I suppose because we've got so many rookies. For me, it's just getting them up to game speed and just saying like, you're in the NFL now, lads. This is what to expect. I I think that's all we're really likely to get out of pre-season. I don't think you're going to learn anything about the ones. Um, and most of the threes probably aren't going to make the roster anyway. So you're kind of looking at the twos as the only place where you could yeah. see potential for you know guys who are on the bubble. Yeah, you've maybe got... Um, I mean, I'd imagine there's maybe a one wide receiver slot up for grabs if someone can do something... You've maybe got yeah. you've maybe got a place at defensive tackle is maybe down the depth chart someone could kinda The fourth defensive tackle. you're gonna have Jones, Saunders, Wharton, Nardi, fifth uh, defensive tackle. Uh, Shel- Shelton, is that Shelton. Danny Shelton, he's a he's a he's a big yeah, boy. He's, he's a big boy. Uh, who's again he's come across quite well, so you know, hopefully we can draw um add something we don't have anyway you know there's kind of places around that um, there's a running back place perhaps up for grabs past that I just don't think there's that many places it it could be a question of place or position distribution as well you know do you keep four running backs or three do you keep four tight ends or three do you keep six or seven receivers or whatever that that's probably more where the battles are you're not necessarily looking at who's running back three and who's running back four you're looking at are you going to keep four or have you got more value from keeping the extra tight end and try out the four tight ends and running back sets and go come on then that's and then you find then you find that the four tight ends are kelsey gray um fortson and bell and you're going well actually three of those are pretty bloody good receivers um so you know and that's where you've got um, guys like Ali, Nick Allegretti who can kind of play a couple of places all, along the line yep. become quite valuable because you're kind of picking up one or got two roster spots. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, no, so in um, in summary, we're kind of excited to see football, just yep. not, we don't have to see it live. <laughs> no, it's football at Arrowhead. You know, I was like, saying like preseason's kind of like, I don't know, is it like uh, like a McDonald's or something like that? 
<laughs> you, you don't have it. Right, you don't have it very often. So when it comes round, eventually you're like, "Oh, I'm kind you're looking forward, forward to, this. to it." And then the first couple of bits, you're like, "It's good actually." I've missed I was this. hungry. Yeah, it's good. And then you go halfway through, and you're like, "It's not right. Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> there's, just there's a reason why I don't have McDonald's very often. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just kind of leaves me with a, a bit of an empty feeling. And by yes. by the time, and if you get to the very end, you're just you're like. I kind of regret that. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good description. That's kind of how that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, yeah, I, I could completely buy into that. Yeah, so I'm, I might watch it. I might just watch the forty minute version on Game Pass. Um, regardless, we will find some highlights to talk about, and um, we'll no doubt be back next week. Yes, o- Owen can tell us what Bandayoki is. Tom yeah. can explain why he's been on mute for the last 10 minutes and disappeared. Because his audio, uh, he's not hearing anything of either of us for the past right. 10 minutes. All right, well, that bodes well for this whole thing downloading properly. Fucking well, right. I can still hear you. You can still hear me. So there's something going on there. Right. Well, fingers crossed it all works. Otherwise, that is yes. an hour of everybody's lives that no one's getting <laughs> We're back. We're not getting back. Uh, right. Anyway, we'll sign out. Um, rate, review... Not based on this performance. Just give it. Just give us five. Five. Just give us five stars. Hit five stars. Do the rate review. We're on all the all the podcast platforms. Tell your friends. Tell your colleagues. Tell people you don't like. We don't care. Um, we'll take every listen we can. Yeah. Um, stay safe. Enjoy the enjoy football at Arrowhead. If you're going, send us the pictures, and we will we will speak next week. <laughs>